Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays. Wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, we have got a lot to dive into today. Uh, but right off the top, want to thank all of you for subscribing. Whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, whether it is on uh, iTunes, uh, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Go give us five stars. Thank you all for being here. Go sign up fanduel.com slash clay. Get up to $1,000 no risk wager fanduel.com slash clay. Uh, all right. Bunch of different things to, uh, to dive into. But I didn't talk about this story yesterday and uh, I realized that I wanted to uh, because I wrote an article yesterday and then the news cycle kind of got out of control. Uh, But a lot of people have said how did Texas and Oklahoma end up basically in the SEC? A couple different things. Uh, I am told SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey never called Texas and Oklahoma. They drove the entire bus for wanting to leave the Big 12. They reached out to the SEC directly. Um, And this is a good backstory. And if you like contracts, it's a fun, uh, maybe a law review article for somebody out there who is in uh, law school right now or if you're just taking a sports law course or a sports business course. I want to take you back in time a little bit. In 2011, the SEC expanded and added Texas A&M and Missouri to go from 12 teams to 14 teams. And when they did that, CBS, who has the SEC Game of the Week, refused to increase the amount that they were paying for the SEC Game of the Week on a pro-rata basis. That so infuriated Mike Slive and the rest of the SEC that it ultimately led to what happened in December of 2019 when the SEC decided uh, that they were going to pull their game away from CBS and go to ESPN slash ABC instead and put all SEC games under the ESPN family of networks. As they were finalizing that deal in December of 2019 there was a discussion about how to reconcile that issue that arose a decade ago now when Missouri and Texas A&M came into the conference. In particular What do we do if expansion becomes possible again and we want to add teams to our list of available expansion options? They said, hey, we need to figure out what an A-list category is so we can balance ESPN's needs and the SEC's needs and so this doesn't turn into a battle in the years ahead where we take less money in order to expand or the network refuses to give us more money in the event that we add more teams. And so they debated defining an A-list team as Texas but they thought that if they said Texas that would limit it USC, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame 
just a smaller subset would be included if Texas was an A-list team. So they actually used Oklahoma in an effort to define what an A-list team was because they thought it gave more flexibility to the SEC in the event that they expand. And now that is a master stroke of Greg Sankey. Keep in mind Sankey cares deeply about the legacy of the SEC. He did an incredible job having the season played last year after the Big Ten and the Pac-12 tried to cancel the year. But also look at the history. The SEC has driven the future of college football. Roy Kramer added the SEC championship game. And every conference since has added their own conference championship game. That was all the way back in 1992. And then Mike Slide came in took over the league and added Texas A&M and Missouri and took the SEC to Texas and now Greg Sankey is adding two of the best brands in all of college football Texas and Oklahoma and taking the SEC to 16 and cementing his status as one of the greatest commissioners I believe of all time in not only finding a way to play last football season but also finding his way to actually uh, be able to expand. And so that contractual part of the deal between the SEC and ESPN which no one else has talked about or reported is what paved the way for Texas and Oklahoma to make the move to the SEC. All right, what happens next? I'm about to write the Big Ten column and you guys will be able to go read that later today but in the short term I wanted to discuss what I think the Big Ten is considering. Okay, and let's start with the Big Ten because they're the next big fish here. The Big Ten has concerns about the academic quality of any schools that they might add. Based on conversations that I have had university presidents are unlikely to add let's say a a lesser academic institution to the Big Ten. And so potential expansion in the Big Ten by and large would focus on Notre Dame if the Fighting Irish were willing to join a conference and then more interestingly going all the way to the West Coast and considering Stanford, USC, Cal, and UCLA. Four elite academic institutions in the Pac-12. Could the Big Ten make a monster leap from Nebraska all the way to the West Coast and go to the state of California. The linchpin here I am told to watch is USC because the Pac-12 television deal is up soon and USC isn't happy with their lot in life right now. So could the SEC make a run at USC? Could the California schools decide to pull out of the Pac-12 and join with the Big Ten schools That is a big debate. Could the Big Ten go to 16 schools and add Notre Dame and USC? That would probably be the gold standard for Big Ten expansion candidates. Certainly there are other schools out there that would love to be in the Big Ten West Virginia, Kansas uh, those schools of that magnitude and ilk and even a lot of the schools maybe in the state of Texas I am told that is unlikely based on the, uh, the presidents of the Big Ten having to make the decision to expand and the fact that they are focused on academics. Where does that leave the Big 12? 
Well, Kansas is the school with the best possibility to leave the Big 12. But if the Big 10 were to expand and take those four California schools, you could see the remaining eight schools potentially rolling into, uh, by the way, uh, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 together. I should mention, by the way, that the Big 10 is also intrigued by the idea of Colorado. So you could have a USC and Colorado edition with the idea of Boulder as it continues to grow being more and more of an elite academic institution. I should have mentioned that one as well. In fact, let me add that to my list here um, and, uh, and contemplate it going forward. Now, what about the Pac-12? The Pac-12 is in a messy situation because they have many of the same issues as the Big Ten primarily that their presidents want good academic schools but there aren't necessarily a lot of great options in the West and so the Pac-12 I think is going to look aggressively at Texas at Oklahoma State at Kansas remember about a decade ago the idea of Larry Scott expanding the Pac-12 and going into the Big 12 was what started off all the crazy conference realignment discussions. So that is my analysis overall. I think the ACC while they would like Notre Dame really unlikely unless it was West Virginia or Kansas to make a very aggressive move at this point in time because they have a lot of their deals locked in. I want to mention this. Okay, so that's conference expansion. Uh, Big news here uh, reported by the Arizona Republic out in Phoenix that Kristen Cinema has effectively torpedoed the $3.5 trillion uh, Joe Biden administration budget. And I'm going to read from you what she said. Uh, Senator Kristen Cinema, this is from the Arizona Central, does not support the Democrats' $3.5 trillion budget plan that aims to deliver major components of Joe Biden's economic agenda. Cinema told the Arizona Republic today, Wednesday, she had reviewed the Senate Budget Committee spending framework and told them that she supports many of its goals but, and this is a direct quote, I have also made clear that while I will support beginning this process, I do not support a bill that costs $3.5 trillion and in the coming months I will work in good faith to develop this legislation with my colleagues and the administration to strengthen Arizona's economy (coughs) and help Arizona's everyday families get ahead. Now there is also talk that Cinema is aligned with Joe Manchin Democrat from West Virginia that they don't have the votes to pass the $3.5 trillion bill and that is going to force Democrats to scale back their budget. Now, Cinema simultaneously is supporting uh, the fact uh, the $1.2 trillion bipartisan bill. And so this is, I think, reading the tea leaves an important deal here that many people who talk about politics and discuss politics miss. It is that the Biden administration doesn't have the votes 
to pass their budget bill through reconciliation. If you don't know what that means in order to get past a filibuster you have to have 60 votes. Budget bills can be passed via reconciliation. 50-50 Senate and Kamala Harris would break the tie but this means with Kristen Sinema and also with Joe Manchin there that the Democrats don't have the votes to get their reconciliation bill passed right now. Also, also this is significant it explains why the infrastructure bill needs to be bipartisan because in order to get Manchin's support and in order to get Kristen Sinema's support and in order to potentially get more Republican support on the infrastructure bill first they have to pass the infrastructure bill in order for the senators to be willing to support it going forward. So big story there uh, that deserves a lot of discussion. Also big story. Hey, it's hot guy summer and you're looking at one of the hottest guys let's be honest on the planet Um, and uh, I use the lawnmower 4.0 as well as the ultra smooth package you can go sign up today using the code DBAP20 at manscaped.com I am heading out to Las Vegas tomorrow Uh, it is going hot here it's like 100 degrees in Nashville right now it's going to be even hotter in Las Vegas I am headed out flying out tomorrow evening to Las Vegas I will be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday coming back and I need to get as much hair off of my body as I can so I am able to let the sweat glands and the pheromones do all the work that they can and that is why I am going to manscaped.com and why I am taking these Manscaped products using the code DBAP20 you get 20% off everything women, men doesn't matter who you are put your loved ones in better shape for hot guy summer with manscaped.com and 20% off all products via the phrase DBAP20. I went and read the transcript from the Aaron Rodgers press conference and I know some of you are like you read the transcript yes. I am a nerd. I maybe this is from my legal training I would rather read the transcript myself oftentimes than let people tell me what was said because a lot of times I don't trust the media to get to the essence of the stories that matter the most. Aaron Rodgers is playing. He has got Randall Cobb uh, coming back up as a wide receiver to join him. This has very much of a last dance flavor to it as Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers get ready for one more ride together. Now Packers fans this is wild. How spoiled are Packer fans? It has now been 30 straight years that the Packers have had as their starting quarterback either Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. Think about how crazy that is in the NFL sorry Miami Dolphin fans where you've had to go one failed quarterback after another the Packers were able to hand the reins from one Hall of Famer to another one and this feels like the last year that Aaron Rodgers is ever going to be playing for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, The press conference was interesting because he kind of walked you through his thought processes. And he said initially after his great season he thought the Packers would come to him and try to extend him and add multi-years to his contract. Instead they didn't do anything until suddenly it became clear that there were a bunch of other teams with interest in Aaron Rodgers 
And then they came rushing forward and said, whoa, 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 let's try to get a deal done. And Aaron Rodgers said, look, it wasn't necessarily about the money. It was about the fact that I want to be involved in helping to make decisions about the direction of the franchise going forward and I think I have typically not been as involved as it could have made sense for me to be involved. And I understand that. I think Aaron Rodgers as a first ballot Hall of Famer has earned the right in the final years of his contract to be consulted in a decent way with the decisions that are being made in the Green Bay Packer locker room. But I also think this is Aaron Rodgers' last year and that he then will be going riding off into the sunset and doing what Tom Brady did which is being a free agent and being able to find any team out there to potentially join and have an opportunity uh, going forward. Uh, Deshaun Watson I've talked a lot about this because I think most people in my industry and most people in the media in general have stopped talking about this story as if it's gone away. It hasn't. 22 different women have accused Deshaun Watson of sexual assault. 10 different women have gone to the Houston Police Department including two that have not filed civil lawsuits to make a total of 24 women overall have gone to the Houston Police Department and said that they were criminally sexually assaulted by Deshaun Watson. Yet the NFL has done nothing and Deshaun Watson is showing up and working out at practice. And I just have to say I never have believed in the NFL's personal conduct policy. I don't think it makes sense for the NFL to be judge, jury, and executioner. I don't think they should be conducting investigations. I think they should wait for the criminal justice system to play out or the court system to play out before they take their pound of flesh before they penalize anyone. But if I'm Ezekiel Elliott if I'm Ben Roethlisberger if I'm countless other NFL players I am looking around and saying wait a minute you suspended Ezekiel Elliott for six games even though it was one woman it seems like there might have been an extortion plot involved there and the district attorney in Ohio investigated and determined there weren't sufficient enough charges for Ezekiel Elliott. How then are you allowing Deshaun Watson to play when Ezekiel Elliott was suspended for six games for one woman's accusation? How did Ben Roethlisberger get suspended for four games for one woman's allegation even though there were no charges ever filed of a criminal nature in that case either? See, in other words, the NFL has set the precedent that if women allege sexual assault or domestic violence or a combination of the two the NFL doesn't wait for the court system to act. How then is Deshaun Watson able to go and play? Moreover, how is it possible that almost nobody in the sports media all of these people who were fired up and angry over domestic violence and over sexual assault and the NFL's response to it suddenly go mute when it comes to Deshaun Watson. It's because Watson is an inconvenient target. Because now you have two different identity groups colliding. Are you on the side of BLM or are you on the side of Me Too? And so many people in sports media are terrified of being on the wrong side of either of those issues that they just shut up and don't say a word even though this Deshaun Watson story is patently absurd. Finally, I don't believe we know Lamar Jackson's vaccination status. But Lamar Jackson tested positive for COVID last season and missed multiple games. 
Then he came back, won a playoff game. I know I was there watching it in person. And now he's back in training camp and he has tested positive for COVID again. Now it's possible that Lamar Jackson is like John Rahm. Vaccinated, got COVID, and then got COVID again. Or sorry, got COVID, vaccinated, and then got COVID again. The point is, he could be a breakthrough post-vaccination case but we know he has now contracted COVID twice. This is going to be a massive issue for the NFL if they continue to apply the same rules as they have been applying from last season. Basically, if you test positive for COVID you are isolated and you aren't able to actually play. All of this to me is totally nonsensical. There is no basis in fact for it whatsoever at all. Finally, I know I said finally already, Simone Biles has dropped out of the all-round competition and they have elevated another American women's gymnast in her place. I think that's the right call. I tweeted out yesterday that if Simone Biles was not able to go as a member of the team she shouldn't be able to go as an individual within a day or two to represent the American team. I think this is the right choice uh, for U.S. gymnastics to elevate this other uh, gymnast and have her take Simone Biles' place. I continue to be astounded at how many people will not allow the opinion that Simone Biles quit on her team to even be uttered again all of American sports history has reflected that if you are physically healthy and you choose not to play in a game it never happens it has never happened before I think this is a uh, poor reflection on teamwork in general. Now I think it's the right result that we are ending up with a different gymnast one who had to step up and let me just say this I think we need to give more credence and credit to the gymnast who stepped up and performed even though Simone Biles wasn't there. Next man up, next woman up when somebody can't go and you suddenly get tapped on the shoulder and you have an opportunity to distinguish yourself on the biggest stage with the most pressure ever I thought the rest of the U.S. women's gymnastics team did a pretty doggone good job stepping up and filling in when Simone Biles their best athlete wasn't there to be a part of the team. Uh, I love all of you. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. Go get your bets in fanduel.com slash clay. Go to manscaped.com and get hot guy summer taken care of with the code DBAP20. This has been Outkick the Show. I am Clay Travis. DBAP unless you need to SBAP.